thinking. Let things happen and be the ball. On this episode of Be The Ball Podcast, we caught up with former PGA Tour pro David Ogren, and we went right across town to the David Ogren Golf Academy and welcomed him to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. How, was, how yeah. are things where you are? Beautiful, beautiful outside today here in New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. So lovely, in fact, that I'm contemplating maybe heading out to the band to chip a few balls after we record this. But I want to go back uh, a little bit in time. In 1996, you won the La Cantera Texas Open, where you beat out a young PGA rookie that some people have heard of. Tell us about that day. Uh, was, was there a moment when you thought, wow, I, I really have a chance of winning this tournament? Well, yeah, I, I'd, I'd come into the Texas Open in 96 playing very well. I mean, I've been playing well all all fall, and uh, uh, La Quintero was set up perfectly for me. Some little details are um, about four weeks before the tournament, we had a hurricane come in through South Texas and just dump a ton of rain on us, and they could never really get the rough cut at La Quintero hmm. Resort Course. And so you had to drive it straight, and I drove it straight all week. Um, and, yeah, there was a young man on his um, initial <laughs> voyage on the PGA Tour by the name of Tiger Woods who showed yeah, up it, and man. played. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I beat Jay Haas, who went on to be one of the best senior tour players ever yeah. uh, by one. I beat Tiger by two. And I like to tell people that I beat Tiger Woods so badly he's never come back to San Antonio. <laughs> Absolutely true, by the way. Uh, you, you, you got off the tour. You could have gone and just relaxed and taken it easy. Instead, today you've run the David Oakland Golf Academy, and I've got the link to the Academy website right there in the episode description. I encourage everybody to check it out. You've got some really great programs. Every skill level, tell us about the Golf Academy. Well, first of all, I do want to correct you. I could not just uh, retire and take it easy. Uh, and that's the part of me that made me a tour player, always trying to improve, always trying to get better. Yeah, so I took a chance on the David Ogren Golf Academy a couple of years ago, and um, it's a story in itself how we got there. But right now uh, at the academy, I do a multiple different things. Um, I have a program for three- to six-year-old uh, players yeah. called Birdie Basics. And uh, it's a wonderful play-based, story-based program. And then the little older kids, I have a program called Operation 36, where I actually try to teach them how to shoot even par for nine holes. Uh, and it's mm. uh, a partnership I do a little bit with Land Park Golf Course. After that, I teach my, um, my older um, high schooler players and adults. I use a system called uh, Vision 54, Lynn Marriott and Pia Nilsson. Um, do that, and uh, I use all of their stuff. And then, you know, we have, um, I also run, eventually I run what's called Get Golf Ready for uh, beginning adults and Stay Golf Ready for adults who can already play the game. 
And uh, I usually do mo a couple modules a year on that later in the spring when the weather gets good and in the fall. Really nice. I think I probably fall into that latter category. So I wanted to ask you this next. There are a gazillion videos out there about golf, and this is not an instructional podcast. But if you could get every golfer, like myself, who despite years of playing, just can't seem to get to scratch in what would be a very gigantic room, what would be your advice? Is it about taking lessons? Is it about the equipment? Is it really all mental? What are your thoughts on that as a former tour pro who's done it? Wow. So um, he, here's what I would say about golf. And I learned this uh, from Chuck Hogan, who was my kind of my brain coach the second half of my, my, my PGA Tour career, that golf is a game. And when you play a game, you have to be in the state of play, not in the state of work. Everybody mm -hmm. has work that they do, and work is different than play. And when you play, there are no mistakes. They're just plays. Mm -hmm. And then you can argue whether or not it was a mistake or not. I know a large part of the sporting world I was arguing of what LaFleur and Rogers did on Sunday. But it's just play. And so if, if, if I have everybody in the room and I had one message to tell just the vast majority of golfers to play the game is that golf needs to be fun. Hmm. Do what makes wow. it fun for you and don't listen to the rest of the claptrap. Wow. That is, wow, that is great advice the gentleman that i play with told me something similar to that so he might be in that same mindset with you he said jason if you take emotion out of it you'll never hit a bad shot uh, but the way you just the way you just described it is something where i must tell you there are many times i'm excited i go out to the course and i find out halfway through that i'm not having fun anymore i'm, gonna, I'm not going to forget that bit of advice Turning now to the young people, everyone that we've had on the podcast has said some, some variation of one reason they love the game is that you can play it for a long time. You can play golf well into your uh, – when you're getting a little bit whatever we consider older uh, today in America, 70, 80, whatever it may be. It's a game that you can play all your life. But I've also seen a lot of research and things where – the millennials and the Gen Zers who can do things so quickly, you know, the whole attention span thing, that sometimes they have a hard time investing four or five hours in an 18-hole round of golf. What are your thoughts on keeping the young generation interested and generationally bonded to this beautiful game? Well, you know, I've, I, I've seen some of that stuff, too, and I know that uh, I have a couple of uh, children that can spend seven or eight hours playing online uh, multiplayer mm -hmm. uh, games. So it's not about the time thing. It's really not about the time thing. So I don't believe it's a time thing. I don't believe it's instant gratification. I would say this, no matter where you are in your life, what generation you belong to, whatever you do for your recreation can and will get stale. It really will. And so when you're looking for what can you do, you look up, you, you, you graduated college, you, you, you know, you're married and you have a couple kids, and now what can I actually do? You realize, hey, I can actually do golf. Right. Because it's outdoors, it's fun, and, you know, you know, you know that you can do golf for an hour, hit balls for an hour, putt for an hour, or you can go ahead and invest in golf and go play 18 holes of golf. And it's also something where you can see improvement. 
there's a whole element to golf about self-improvement, doing the work to get better at something that really shows something about your character. And just based on what I see coming to my range, I think more and more people have discovered, hey, you know, we can do this golf, at least we can do this golf range thing. Right. And that's a great start, which is why, which is why Top Golf is so popular. Yep. Yeah, right? Because you can go do too, the yeah. Top Golf. Yeah, you can go do the Top Golf thing for a couple hours, and it's a lot of fun. And that also then answers the question, well, what about barriers to entry, the uh, dollar amount? Well, right. what you see at Top Golf, you're going, well, dollar amount is not, not an issue. And you, know, you look at the parking lots at golf courses and yeah, or you look at the parking lots at high schools and you see, you know, $35,000 pickup trucks. Don't tell me <laughs> price is an issue. Okay, that's actually a good point, and you're absolutely right. Thing, and so you're right. It is about about having fun and finding a way to make that time enjoyable. And as I mentioned to you in the pre-call, I discovered rediscovered golf during the pandemic because it was one of the last things to close, and it was one of the first things to reopen. And you and what you said is absolutely true. You could go out for an hour and a half and be outdoors and chip balls off the putting off the practice range over at the bandit or just do a little putting contest and i mentioned in the first episode of this podcast that i have some of these ridiculous superstitions when i play i say they're ridiculous because they don't help me like i can't have anything in my pockets when i play did you have any habits or routines or superstitions uh, when you were on tour oh well i mean i wouldn't call them superstitions because superstition implies some supernatural power and uh, uh, I, I think I'm pretty well plugged into the uh, to the director of the universe, so I'm not I'm not I'm not that way. But I absolutely did things a certain way, and in 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 superstition or routine, if you will, kind of is the glue that you know just kind of uh, binds our ordinary life. You probably mm-hmm. get up every day and do stuff the same way every time. And then if something disrupts that that process, then you kind of know it, and all of a sudden then you leave your cell phone at home or your watch at home, ask me how I know. And, um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but, uh, yeah, I had, I had a couple. I marked my ball uh, with my Sharpie pen or my pencil the same way for I don't know how many years. Oh. Uh, I teed up the ball the same way every time. But more importantly, when I – when I hit a golf ball, I mean, every time I hit a golf ball, I do the same thing. Mm. And it's not superstitious. It's just a process. And so if you look at a superstition, quote, unquote, which sounds like it's not real, it sounds as if it's not real, and call right. it a process, well, a process is real. Everybody understands it's a process. Then, um, you know, then you can ask yourself, well, why do I do this? And if you have a benefit, then it's totally legit. That's my take yeah. on that. That's really good. So tell us, what's next for David Ogren and the David Ogren Golf Academy? What's next? Huh. Great question. So when you open a, <laughs> when you open a small business, okay, I, I, I happen to um, frequent a small um, business here in town called Donut Palace. It's over there off of 725, a little shopping center over there by Whataburger. And, you know, it's run by um, Mr. Patel and his family, right? Yep. And so, you know, 
they have this small business, right? And their small business does the same thing all the time. Well, I got this in driving range, this golf academy that I'm running. And so uh, it's basically the same stuff over and over and over again. Again, kind of like in a process. If if on the one side it's superstition, well, on the other side it's called being in a rut. Well, if you call it a rut, then it sounds like it's bad. No, it's just a process. So what's next? Um, in the cycle of business, for example, I have the PGA Junior uh, summer camps coming uh, to my my facility. Uh, sign up is um, available on the PGA Junior Camp website, um, and I'll be running junior camps there. Um, I continue to try to uh, bring the gospel of golf to uh, citizens of New Braunfels, and this is something that you know here in New Braunfels we we got to be very aware of is that we don't have to win Austin or San Antonio to be successful. All you got to do That's is win New Braunfels. Absolutely New right. Braunfels yeah. is its own thriving community. And so I'm just focusing on the people in New Braunfels. And, um, you know, I, I do spot programs. I do individual lessons. We're trying to make the facility better all the time. And um, so, you know, uh, other than the nuts and bolts of business, what's next is I'm going to keep trying to put out a quality product uh, for my neighbors here in New Braunfels. Well, I'll tell you, I heard nothing but good things about the David Hogan Golf Academy from the people that I talked to when I mentioned that I was going to try to get you on the podcast. And so I want to congratulate you on just adding that that golf vibe to our city, which it absolutely needs. It's in a great location. Uh, if you live uptown by West Point Village, you can get there pretty quickly. If you're like me over on County Line Road, you can get there very quickly. It's over behind the old, um, I just found an old token the other day from that place, the Crocodile Gap. I just found it in the junk drawers yesterday, and I remember that that area out there was so easy to get to. And so we wish you continued success in all of your endeavors. And then finally, I wanted to ask you, with so much of your life wrapped up around golf, when you're not playing golf, what other kinds of, what kind of hobbies do you enjoy? Well, I'm a fan. So I'm a, I'm a big Chicago Cubs fan growing up in Chicago. So spring training is coming and I'll be looking forward to, to being a fan of that. Uh, I'm a fan of performance, so I like watching high performers. And uh, mm. here on Super Bowl Sunday, we're going to see two high-performing quarterbacks, but more importantly, yep. two high-performing coaches in Bruce Arians mm. and Andy Reid. So, I, you know, I like to um, uh, look at that. And then mostly these days, um, because of current conditions, the COVID conditions, um, right. Any kind of extracurricular stuff is just on hold. Uh, yeah, I, no. I, I I like to I like to go to educational things. Um, and there's lots of coaches around the country uh, that do educational things, but I'm just not going to go anywhere until I, we get past this. So right now, no, I agree. I'm, 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 I, I've watched way too much TV. I've watched all of Netflix. Yeah, you, I'm, clo yeah, I'm, I'm closing. I'm, clo too. I'm closing in. I'm watching all of Disney Plus. So. 
<laughs> we're, we're getting there with you over here at uh, over here at Eloquent Online. I, 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 there was an ad years ago uh, by AT and T where a guy reaches the end of the internet and there's nothing left. And I kind of feel that way. I'm going back in and looking at things that I've watched before, but I've kind of run out of things to do too. I did want to ask you. I didn't. I didn't ask you about this in the pre-call, but in talking to you and listening to you, I spent four hundred. I, I spent ten years. Spoke at over 400 of these banking conference events as a keynote speaker, and almost all of those big conference events, there was a golf tournament attached to it. Have you ever thought about maybe going out on the speaking circuit and talking about your experiences on tour? Because I find you to be very conversational and very down to earth, which is always a great quality in the guy up on stage delivering the keynote. Have you ever done that or had any interest in that? I I have done some speaking. Um, maybe it's part of me. I particip- I'm a part of a lot of little things, uh, online forums and stuff, but I just never quite seem to get around to doing the content. I want to. I need to. Sh- I need to shoot. I need to shoot about a dozen YouTube videos, and it's just like. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's just like, God, I don't want to do that. It. It's kind of like apps on my phone. I, I get, I get called to do put an app on my phone, a golf app on my phone. It's like, I don't need another app. So I, I'm just in a state, I'm 63 years old and I really don't need another app in my life. It doesn't matter what yep. it is. So, yeah. um, the speaking thing, yeah, I've done some of it. I think I'm reasonably good at it, but, um, um, if it happens, great. If it doesn't, great. I'm not going to pursue it. Yeah, I get that, too. Well, I'm doing another limited-run series podcast right now called Thunder and Lightning Operation Desert Storm, uh, reflecting on my, my time in the war 30 years ago in Operation Desert Storm. And in one of those episodes, I talk about how I took with me over to the theater of operation the old Nintendo Game Boy, which came with Tetris. I bought the tennis game, and I bought the golf game. That's really what got me interested in golf because the friend that I still play with to this day took that Game Boy Golf and was like, Jason, this is like real golf. You try to do everything the same every time. You make these little mistakes and these little adjustments and things don't go the way you want. And he's the person that said, "You got if you enjoyed this video game, you will enjoy the real game of golf. And so I always, attri- I always attribute my, my introduction to golf to Saddam Hussein because if he hadn't invaded Kuwait, I wouldn't have been over in the war and I wouldn't have thought to buy that Nintendo Game Boy, which in 1990 at $99 was an awful lot of money back in those days. But I knew there were going to be moments of tedium and boredom, and it was small enough that I could take it with me. David, you've been an absolute gentleman, an absolute delight. I look forward to coming out to the Golf Academy and meeting you in person and checking out that beautiful facility. And I want to thank you so very kindly for taking some time out of your day to join us on Be The Ball Podcast. Thank you very, very kindly. Jason, my pleasure. We'll see you soon. Awesome job. Great job, right? As someone who's done over a 1,000 podcasts for different companies and organizations and different episodes and topics, I was struck by something as I looked at the graphic interface here on the computer when I was editing David's show. There is a 
meticulousness to his speech pattern that I noticed right away. It almost has the quality of uh, notes that you see on a sheet of music. It's just, I think there's something about that meticulous nature and that ability to repeat things over and over again the same way, which is why he was so successful on the PGA Tour. And it's just an observation I made. As someone who's done a lot of these things, I looked at the graph and I was like, wow, it's just such a, a just almost a metronomic if that's even a word, uh, speech pattern. It was just something that I observed. Uh, he was an absolute gentleman on and off the air. And if you live in New Braunfels and you've ever had a passing interest in golf, you want to get your kids involved in something they can do for a long time, I highly recommend. Uh, the, the link is right there in the episode description, the David Ogren Golf Academy. Go out there, get some clubs, get started. You know, like I tell everybody, nobody ever, nobody ever regrets learning how to play a musical instrument and nobody ever regrets learning how to play a sport. And remember what he said, it is a game have fun. I've remembered that all week. I went out the other day and hit and didn't get mad one single time. So thank you, David. Hey, and thank you for listening to the Be The Ball podcast. And as we like to say, don't forget to stop thinking, let things happen, and be the ball. And we'll talk to you next time. Any way you want it, that's the way you need it.